You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Uh, going as, you know, browse can be under current world circumstances. Well, it's not that bad, is it? I mean, you know, it's not like we've been plunged into a pandemic ran by the elite, potentially uh, engineered, intentional, closed down businesses, livelihoods, and now they're going to start mandating that you take the jab of a experimental vaccine or lose your job. Taxing uh-huh. uh, increases, entering a recession, global tax increases. Uh-huh. Well, no, no, um, see, that that's yeah. that's that costs zero. That that costs zero. That, that doesn't cost anything. Yeah, yeah. And the potential printing of a or or minting, I guess, in this case of a one trillion dollar coin to try to compete against our debt. That's like writing a check for yourself for a trillion dollars, depositing it and then trying to pay off your bills with the it. It doesn't work that way. A trillion dollar coin. Even if we had such whatever in order to do that, I mean, that's that's the basis of the old monetary system that they've destroyed. So it's like they're like, whoa, whoa, what, what are they what are they hoping to accomplish? And on top of that, do you have any idea what that would do to the price of platinum, even if we had it? Even if we had it, that would be platinum. That would actually that would be more platinum than we actually have in existence. It's worse than that. We're assuming that you would print a coin that would be the worth of what it's you know, priced at, right? It's worse than that. They can just make a coin that costs, let's say, three cents, right? And then say that coin is worth a trillion dollars. Well, that's kind of what they did in like Weimar, Germany. I've got a coin from back then. It was part of my collection uh, in the States. And uh, I've got a coin from back then. It's like uh, 10,000 marks. Well, I mean, it's worth nothing. It's worth nothing. It's just some, uh, you know, it's just some old you know, piece of copper from back then. But I mean, you know what 10,000 marks during the time of the Weimar Republic would buy you? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, it would buy you nothing. It, it was ridiculous. This is how bad the hyperinflation was in, in Germany pre-World War II. You would stop at a cafe on the side, uh, side of the street, sidewalk, whatever, and you would buy a cup of coffee. Okay. So a single cup of coffee just for you. You would stop and have a cup of coffee if, as you were on your way reading your newspaper to get on to you know, public transport and go through town or whatever it is that you would do, just to have a cup of coffee. By the time you ordered that coffee, it was delivered to you and you drank it. You didn't have enough money left in your pocket to buy the next cup because the inflation had gone up that much in that amount of time. That's how bad it was. So if people think for one minute that this is not going to get out of hand and it's not going to get out of hand very fast... You're sorely mistaken. You are sorely mistaken. The only thing that we have right now, our only saving grace at this point is the petrodollar. That's it. That is the, that, that is the world reserve currency, the United States dollar. If we don't have that status, which it doesn't look like we're going to for very much longer, if we don't have that status, we are Argentina. We are the new Weimar Germany from 100 years ago. Yeah, but they're wanting to do monetary, uh, modern monetary theory. So 
uh, under that, uh, well, no, we're fine. We're, it's it's okay. Um, they they just print what they want and they control the markets. So there's no inflation. There's no you know you, you don't have a bunch of dollars chasing after so few product. Right. The the government right. regulates what product is out there, so right. the money can't exceed that. Right. So basically, they just print whatever they want and do whatever they want. It's kind of like Alan Greenspan said back in 2000, and I think it was like 2000, 2010. He said, the United States can pay any debt that we have because we can always print money to do that. Th this is a former Fed chairman who said that. You, 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 he, said, he said that on, was it, uh, what, what was the, um, what was that show that was on NBC? All those years it was run by Dan uh, Dan Gregory or D David Gregory. What was the name of that show? It's still on, I think. I, I don't know TV shows, unfortunately. Yeah, it, whatever it was, it was the nighttime NBC show that they run. I, I don't know whatever it was, but uh, he was on that, and he said that, and everybody that's sitting on the panels just kind of like looking at him, saying, um, "No, you, you can't do that." I mean, on paper, it, it's it, the the idea is kind of like socialism. On paper, uh, it. it you could you you could make it work on paper the idea of modern monetary theory uh but in the real world you have the human condition to deal with it's just like socialism it it cannot work because humans uh it, it, it's just impossible so same thing with this modern monetary theory it, the minute they try to enact this which they're already doing um i mean has anybody been paying attention to what they've been doing with covid and the lockdowns and the shutdowns and um, basically blockading the American people, really the free people of the world. Um, and they're trying to regulate what businesses and uh, can function. And then they're just printing the, 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 this, this debt ceiling they're wanting to raise would pass default levels. Like it, we're on the verge of being Venezuela at this point yeah. in Weimar Germany, as you were saying, mm -hmm. we're, we're mm -hmm. on the verge of being there. And yeah. honestly, at this point, like which, which straw is going to break the camel's back at this point? Which one is going to do it? Because they're just heaping them on. And then the job numbers come out and boy, don't, aren't those just beautiful job numbers just in this blustering yeah. economy that is pre-pandemic levels that Biden mm -hmm. has brought us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, apparently the job numbers were so wonderful that Joe Biden didn't even have any comments on it. Here was Joe Biden right after his... Uh, speech about uh, jobs briefing or, or whatever it was. I mean, that's like, if, if that's even what you want to call it, they were predicting, what was it, like over 500,000 and there ended up being 100 and something, 170,000 or something like that. This was yeah. what happened when he was at the podium in his... Uh, it, it, in the White House, apparently. You notice they're saying that he's in the White House. He's actually not. I, I'm wondering why. why. Why is he not there? But anyway, this is this is him at the podium. Thank you very much. I mean, that was that was a great way to address the crowd, don't you think? I mean, the fawning press. Problem with that? Um, the Build Back Better signs everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is the problem with that. The the the, the Build Back Better. Like we're supposed to supposedly being building back better, um, which uh, ironically is the same phrase that the rest of the world's using, huh? Anyway, um, 
It doesn't seem to be better, does it yet? No, it seems to be going down. Yeah. Speaking of going down, this is breaking. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook Messenger, and WhatsApp are all reporting massive outages as we speak. Uh, but anyway, mm. that's just a side note. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that that's got nothing to do with. It. Anyway, uh, Biden was um, uh, was also uh, outside giving a speech today. This is what he had to say. I got to tell you a quick story. Uh huh. When I was running for office, and I'm going to, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember exactly which state I was in, but a gentleman and uh, uh, I think it was his wife and a little girl said, "Could I?" The little girl said, "Could I talk to you?" And she had this. I couldn't t- understand what she had in her hand. It looked like a teddy bear. Or something. I guess this is the most important thing. Yeah, we're we're gonna instead of actually uh, admitting any kind of um, uh, failure on the part of your administration, we're going to talk about. Uh, teddy bears and uh, and and states that you didn't even know that you were in. Instead of telling the American people, that's enough of this. It's time for you to go back to work. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to step aside and we're going to let the job market thrive. That's what we're going to do. Oh, and by the way, um, we're going to cut all taxes for the next uh, for the next three and a half years. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to take any taxes. I can't think of a better economic boost than that. Mm. Instead, I'm just saying, right? Instead, we're getting talks of teddy bears. The only thing he's missing here is his cup of ice cream, I think. Yeah, um, that's great leadership. Uh, clearly, I mean, you know, clearly the teddy bear was uh, that is very important. Um, you know, the numbers of jobs lost, people's livelihoods being removed, uh, maybe a pandemic and your reaction to it. And the uh, I don't know, maybe maybe having more deaths this year than we did last year. Maybe the fact that we're entering a recession again, which I think we were already in one, uh, to be fair, which was caused by the government and the lockdowns they're in. And then you're talking about raising taxes on the American people at the same time. Maybe maybe you should address how you're going to bring back the economy, as you said, how you're going to not bring back the economy, but encourage it to come back. Because that's that's what government does. It steps out of the way, reduces taxes and allows business to do what business does. Instead, uh, they're going to continue the uh, the vaccine mandates. You know, it, it's it's amazing how much those mandates increased the vaccine uptakes. It's incredible how high those numbers went up. It's incredible. You know, if I can digress for just a second. Last night I was on the television, on television. I was on the telephone uh-huh. with uh, a person at an emergency hospital ward in right. Pennsylvania because a uh-huh. good friend. Right. OK. Yeah, he was he was on the television last night uh, and he was no, he was on the television. No, no, he was on the telephone last night to somebody from a hospital. That, that's that's how that's how well it's going. And the Ohio, Pennsylvania, the Ohio, Pennsylvania, I'm from uh-huh. Pennsylvania, uh-huh. The, uh, the, the Illinois president uh, of the, uh, Don Harmon. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the Illinois president, uh, Don, Don Harmon. Yeah. Because he's from Ohio and Pennsylvania and, and Pennsylvania. That's where he's from. Th- this is how well it's going. You know, th- this is how well it's going. This is this is how much, you know, they they're focused on um, on vaccine uptakes with businesses and his, by the way, his non-existent executive order on the mandates for vaccines for businesses. That doesn't exist. The executive, or I'll say that again, the executive order that he said that he was putting out to mandate that businesses of more than 100 to vaccinate their employees does not exist. It was just a media ploy. That's all it was. 
They just said it. It was just like the approval for the Pfizer vaccine didn't actually happen. They just said it. Well, I mean, we've said it before. Technically, the federal government can't mandate these kind of things on businesses, especially. That's just not a thing. You can't do it. You could do it to the federal employees, but you cannot do it to the federal government or, or excuse me, the uh, from the federal government to the companies. Corporations. Well, see, no, see, that's that's okay because he was he was talking to the president of Illinois because they were from uh, <laughs> Pennsylvania and Ohio and and well, no, he was from Pennsylvania. Yeah, you got it. On this note, how out of it he is? Did you notice that some of the a lot of the meetings that are going on right now, like the the one with the the global tax and all that, the president wasn't there. He wasn't present. No, he wasn't. Um, Freaking what? What's his name? Who's I, I remember the guy's face and I know he's part of the administration, but I forget what his name is offhand. He was sitting in the president's seat, like literally the little placard in front of him said president. He, he's not the president. He was filling in for the president. The cabinet is doing everything that the president typically would do. Um, you know, for example, if we had a Trump in office, Trump would have been arguing over every single penny and dime that's being spent and know exactly where the money's going, exactly what's going on. But instead, we have this blundering fool mm-hmm. talking about teddy bears uh-huh. and whatever the hell that was. Not the, knowing the, what state Ohio. In. Yeah. The, yeah. So he was actually standing. I saw a video of him yesterday. He was standing. Uh, they were in Chicago. He was standing at the podium there. And he said, Mr. Mayor, thank you very much for letting me come in. Mr. Mayor. You know, Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, Chicago, yeah. Lightfoot. M- Mr. Yeah. Mr. Mayor. Joe Biden on the uh, the uptick of the vaccination. Now, according to what he said, which we'll play this, we'll play this next. Uh, but according to what he said, these vaccine numbers, they're rocketing through the roof. The amount of uptake on these vaccines. See, people care more about everyone else around them than they do their own jobs. Listen to this. These requirements work. And as the business roundtable others told me when I announced the first requirement, that encouraged businesses to feel they could come in and demand the same thing of their employees. More people are getting vaccinated. More lives are being saved. Let's be clear. Uh-huh. When you see headlines and reports of mass firings and hundreds of people losing their jobs, mm-hmm. look at the bigger story. Right. I've spoken with Scott Kirby, CEO of United Airlines, who's here today. United went from 59% of their employees to 99% of their employees in less than two months after implementing the requirement. 99%. Okay, uh... Uh, let, let me let me put this into context. Yeah, you're, you're laughing just as much as I am. Let me put this into context. Let me tell you how they're getting these numbers. OK, now, first of all, 99 percent. I really don't buy that. But even if they were in the 90s from 55 percent. OK, let's let's look at how they got those numbers or 59 percent, whatever it was. Let's look at how they got that extra 40 percent. This is an old game in a dictatorship. When you have a dictator running for office and you have four or five candidates on the ticket, you can go down and you can vote on voting day and someone is looking over your shoulder. And if you don't vote the way that you're supposed to vote, then you're taken aside, you're given a talking to, and then you're made to vote again until you vote for the right person. In this case, you can apply the same logic to what they're doing. 59% of their employees probably got vaccinated. That number, I do believe. I I do believe. In a way, I do believe that. Maybe that's even a little too high. I don't know. But I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here in this case. How do they get the extra 40%? They quit. That's how they got the extra 40%. They're probably running a 40% shortage in staffing. So they can now count- Or were fired. Or were fired. Exactly. And now they can count the people that have remained 
as 99%. You see, 100% of the people voted for Hitler. Did you know that? He was elected. He was elected by the people. He really was. It's not like he wasn't voted for. He was voted for, but I've talked to people who were children during that time who went down with their parents to vote. And it's exactly how I described it. Someone was looking over your shoulder, and if you didn't vote the correct way, then you were taken aside, you were given a talking to, and then you were made to vote again. That's what they've done here. You're going to get vaccinated, or you're going to lose your job, or you're going to tender your resignation. Therefore, the remaining people left are obviously the ones that are vaccinated. Therefore, they're the only ones that are counted. It's kind of like the jobs numbers, the unemployment numbers. We only count the people in America that receive unemployment benefits. We don't count every single person that's unemployed. If that were the case, we'd have two thirds of the country out of work, which we actually do anyway. I think. I mean, that's. I, I think those are the actual numbers anyway. If you the, count every single citizen and every even every, even every single non-citizen, you've got a third that are actually on the dole, if you will. That includes retired people, disabled people, and, and, and all the rest of it. They're actually on the um, uh, on the receiving end. And then you've got the under 18s uh, or the preteens that don't have a job. And then, of course, you've got the uh, that's another third. And then you've got the third that actually works and pays the taxes. So I think that's usually what it is anyway. But anyway, you, you get the idea of where I'm coming from. This is how they're coming up with these numbers. They're using the same the same type of uh, counting system. Yeah. The numbers they were quoting with the uh, jobs report, I think it was something like five percent unemployment rate, roughly. But if they were to include people that had a part time job that were still looking for a full time job or people that were unable to find a job and just quit looking for a job or were receiving enough benefits from the government to not go back to work. If they were to include those, we would be at 10% unemployment by their numbers. So, you know, government is bad. We know government lies to us all the time. I I think it's worse than 10%. I think it is too. I think these numbers have come up a lot shorter than than what they wanted. We were talking about that yesterday. Uh, Otherwise, they wouldn't be pushing like this. I think they were banking on the fact that they were going to have a minority of people that weren't going to get vaccinated. And I think they're finding out that it's been more than half, well, more than half that aren't doing it. And I think that's become the real problem because they're now the elite are in a panic thinking, uh uh-oh, we're not going to be able to knock out a majority of the people that we wanted to knock out of the box. Now we're going to be stuck with the people that we couldn't convince. And you people are going to have a real problem on your hands. You are in for a very serious fight. Understand that. You're in for a very serious fight because once you knock all your lemmings and all your idiots out of the way, there's nothing standing in between us and you. Do you understand? Nothing. By the way, I got some photos here. Uh, We can check these out. I got some photos here of the uh, movie set that they have built or TV set or whatever it is that they've built in the auditorium across the way. Why don't you just do it from the Oval Office? I don't understand. Why don't you just do it from there? Clearly, you can see, Bruce, that this is not the actual Oval Office because yeah. of what's there on the window. Build back better. Well, not right? even the not even just that. I, I know what this was from. And I've seen the. Yeah, exactly. The, the, there's a zoomed out and you can tell it's in an auditorium. It's it's in some office building somewhere. Uh, and honestly, I think the reason is, is because Kamala Harris is remodeling the Oval Office uh, for her tenure. So uh, clearly he can't be there. No, I'm being facetious. I, I don't actually know what's going, why they have him there, other than the fact he's possibly not in Washington at all. Or they say that this is are... in the Eisenhower building on the uh, uh, on the South Court audit or in the South Court Auditorium um, in the Eisenhower Executive Office building across the street. Why would he be across the street? I, I just don't understand this. This is I, I, I'm I'm genuinely lost on this one. Um. 
there could be some kind of uh, long play they're doing here. This could be some kind of like universal government thing to where they're trying to take away the the perceived seat of power as being Washington, you know, the White House and making it seem like it's just anywhere else. I don't know. I, it, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's any other reasoning going on. Maybe they're concerned about security. Maybe it's easier to set up a. Uh, have more room to set up the social distanced uh, little desks everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it could but be something no, no, like no. that. No, it, it can't be that. It can't be that. Do you remember the conference that we were watching where Putin was trolling uh, Biden? Do, do you remember that? They have video conferences set up. You can't tell me that entire house, the entire White House is set up to be, and what is it, like 56,000 square feet or something? It's set up to be... Uh, changed and transformed within a matter of hours. You're telling me that we don't have the capacity in that building to set up a room this size, to set up uh, any kind of staging like this? You're telling me we don't have that capacity? I think we do. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm legit saying that we probably don't have a room in there that's that size because you have the stage and then you have um, that the, the, the side photo shows at least three to four rows of chairs for the press. And then there was a good distance before they even came to one of the walls. This looks like a very large uh, room. I don't think the White House has a single room that's this large to house a a stage and the people there and everything. So to be honest with you, they don't need it because everything they're doing now is completely irrelevant to what we're supposed to do anyway. So Uh, yeah, it's not even needed. It's but the the thing they're going for a ccp level government they're they're going towards the ccp they're they're trying uh-huh. to track and do the same thing the ccp is and beat them at their own game um uh, i don't know uh, i i this is something i would expect honestly one last one from joe uh these mandates that uh that were just spoken on not actually written into any kind of order or law or anything like that uh this is what he had to say about those that are now bending the knee, if you will. In the last days of their implementation, they cut the remaining number of employees left to get vaccinated in half. They went from 67,000 United employees to 66, of 67,000, 66,800 complied. complied. People chose to get vaccinated. That's why we're seeing more companies signing up. So, see, they chose to get vaccinated. They weren't forced. They weren't coerced. They chose to get vaccinated. You see? You see? They're just changing the terms. Uh-huh. Chose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, coercion is not choice. No, it's not. And that's what people are being put in uh, put in the middle of right now. All right. Uh, this was a video that was circulating yesterday. This is uh, looks to be the general of the Air Force, I want to say. Bruce, I want you to take a look at this. He's standing at the podium at the Pentagon. Back to... <laughs> and he just <laughs> collapses. Sir, can somebody help me? <laughs> Jim, Jim. Sir. Okay. Okay. Here. Okay. You okay? Okay. I'm going to sit you down. Can I get a chair? Yeah, a chair. Take some more. Now, they're saying that this was a, uh, a pulled okay. hamstring. Okay. Yeah. That's what they're blaming this on. That is not. A, I've pulled a hamstring. That is not a pulled hamstring. Of course, now I have to do it without my glasses, which God only knows I won't be able to read. So 
You okay? I'm okay. He told me he was going to pull. Now, just. Here. Let's see. He kept threatening to pull a hammy. I didn't think he really meant it. <laughs> that so, is not a hamstring, right, honey. 35. Um, basically, we've slowed the ramp. We'll get back. Right now, we're programmed to 60 aircraft in FY21 again. Any ideas? Uh, that could have easily have been him just. Um, as as they said with Hillary, she had a dehydration spell uh, yes. that could have yeah, been. Uh, she, was she went down mm-hmm. like a side of beef. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't have yeah. a dehydration spell. The, the 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 way he slumped over and kind of uh, looked confused when they they brought him up. I'm almost wondering if it was a mild stroke or something like that. Could have been, or it could have just been. You know how you lock your knees? Maybe maybe he locked his knees. Could have on easily accident. been something like that. Just, he passed yeah. out. Could have easily been just something minor like that. I mean, uh, under all the lighting and stuff, I've been under some stage lighting before. And even with today's LED tech and everything, stage lighting is still really hot. And then to be in that uniform in front of people, uh, I, I don't know what kind of personality is, if he's comfortable around, you know, in fr- uh, being on stage in front of people. He better be. He's a general. Um, he's a three-star general. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. He's a politician. Uh, if you're a three-star general, well, you're a politician. You should have no trouble speaking to crowds of people. He's giving lectures and seminars yeah, and all yeah. the rest of it. He's speaking to troops. Fair. There's there's no way that he's got a problem standing up uh, doing public speaking. They're trained for that. Well, at that level, uh, you, you said this was a general in the Air Force. Yeah, yeah. That that that's the entire problem. It's chair oh, force. Chair so force. He was that, trying to sit down in the problem. chair. Yeah. Yeah, that's what chair, it was. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Just as he was about to give the briefing on the F-35s, as you heard. Yeah. Which uh, we saw <laughs> yeah. that uh, the other day, the uh, F-35 landing on uh, a Japanese aircraft carrier. That was the first time that, uh, that a plane had landed or taken off of a Japanese aircraft carrier since 1945. That's, um, first of all, it was impressive. Um, yeah. That tech is actually really impressive. And second of all, just the the um, uh, I don't know, I don't know, the 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 allyship, I don't know what you want to call it after so many years, mm. you know, I mean, we were killing each other not less than 100 years ago. Yeah. And we're the strong of allies now. And, you know, I don't know, it, it, it's it's a good thing. And at the same time, I'm kind of like. Why were you doing it? Yeah. What 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 what, well, what was the war game about? What was you know what, was what the that? war game was about. You you know what it was about. But the uh, the thing is, we we were watching that video of that F thirty five, and we were saying, or I, I'd actually said to you, I said, you know what? I said if we would play this video, and not the jet, take the jet out of it. If we were to play this video to people, to to U.S. soldiers and sailors in nineteen forty five, no one would have believed it. No one would have believed it. No one would believe that we would be allies working on a, a coalition against who our allies were at that time. China was our ally. Don't forget that. China was our ally in World War II against the Japanese. So the tables have turned. It's uh, it's rather funny. But uh, you know why they were there. You know why they were there. We're doing war yeah. games with the Australians. We're doing war games with the uh, the Taiwanese now. You had mentioned it to me yesterday that we are sending... Uh, U.S. Marines to Taiwan. Now we're sending U.S. Mm-hmm. Marines. That's not going over very well in Beijing. They're not very happy that we're we're doing that. We were told today by Beijing publicly. They said this is what China has said. They've publicly made this statement. They say the uh, according to um, Zhao Lijian, who is the uh, I'm sorry if I got the name wrong. I genuinely try to get those right. Uh, the Chinese foreign minister. He has said the U.S. must sever diplomatic relations and abrogate its mutual defense treaty with Taiwan, and U.S. forces must withdraw from Taiwan. The U.S. made its clear commitment to China 
Oh, see, we, we, uh, see, we made our commitment to China. In his phone call with President Xi Jinping, President Biden emphasized that it has no intention to change the one China principle. Well, see, we, we've already we've already smoothed that over. See, we shouldn't even be there. Uh, we should we should leave immediately because the Chinese said so. That's why we should leave because they're they're pursuing the uh, how was it the the one China principle. I'm sorry, it's not the policy; it's the principle, the one China principle. So yeah, we shouldn't be there. Should we leave? Bruce, you think we should leave? As much as I don't like being in other people's affairs and doing interventions and all that kind of fun stuff around the world, the problem is China manufactures the majority of everything that we have, basically. We have a treaty with Taiwan that says if China tries to take you over, we're going to defend you. So we're kind of stuck in a rock in a hard place. Well, now see, see, comrade, you're, you're jumping the gun there just a little bit, just a little bit. When you say... If China wants to take over Taiwan, what, what what exactly do you mean? What what are you insinuating there? I mean, take over. I mean, that's such a hostile a hostile thing to say because President Xi himself said that China will never bully, will never invade, will never demoralize another nation. Uh, they'll, they'll never do that. Uh, they'll never seek global hegemony or any of the rest of it. They'll, they'll never do that. So when you say take over, what are you getting at? Uh, exactly that there. Oh. Um, um, oh. Okay. GCP. That, that's exactly what I mean. Because uh-huh. uh, Taiwan is its own government, its own. It's you know, actually sovereign. It's actually it's actually the legitimate government of China. For anybody that didn't know, yeah, uh, we actually didn't recognize the communist dictatorship of China until Jimmy Carter. So um, the Taiwanese government is actually the government in exile from China. For those that didn't know, uh, President Xi Jinping will deliver an important speech this Saturday. Uh, He is expected to emphasize... See, this is why I asked you the question. He's expected to emphasize the reunification with Taiwan and to resolutely oppose external forces' interference in the Taiwan Strait. See, it's a reunification. It's not a takeover. It's not a takeover. Mm. It's not an invasion. It's a reunification, comrade. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Reunifying, sure. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So our, our, our troops being down there, um, we already had troops down there anyway that were uh, training uh, the, the Taiwanese uh, military, mm-hmm. but we're sending more Marines down there. We're also, you know, Navy, naval assets are down there, uh, submarine, mm-hmm. uh, carrier, all that fun stuff. They're, they're all down there. From Same with uh, what was it Germany, Japan, uh, Ger- Germany's got Australia. some. Yeah, Germany's got some destroyers over there for whatever reason. I don't know. Uh, they're not tied up in this. I I don't see how. Uh, they actually requested to dock at a Chi- one of their um, uh, one of their destroyers requested to dock at a Chinese port and they were denied. So they had to go on to Japan. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know why, but okay. The French are over there. The Australians are over there. Obviously, the Japanese are there. We're drilling over there with the Japanese. Uh, and the, Jap- the Japanese, they don't like the Chinese. <laughs> they do not like the Chinese. They don't get along at all. And you know what? The Japanese, and, and uh, I, I wish Marty were here to talk on this. The Japanese Navy, it is so advanced and sophisticated. Hell, even back in, in World War II, it was. It, it rivaled our own. And they have the ability to sink the entire Chinese fleet in about 48 hours, if they have to. They will. You know, China's not even supposed to have a navy. That wasn't even part of the deal. They're not supposed to have a navy, but they did it anyway. President Xi 
has been pushing for the reunification with Taiwan for years. Uh, the 68-year-old communist leader said the issue could not be passed on from generation to generation. As I see, he, he can't pass that on to, to another generation. He has to deal with the reunification now. See, it's a reunification. That's what it is. It's not, it's not an invasion. Now, he said, if necessary, <laughs> if necessary. I, I love the I love the Marxist doublespeak. <laughs> it's just, it's hilarious. It's so, yeah. it's so laughable when you look at it. I mean, that's, that's how, that's how cowardly these, these Marxists are. That's like the school board meetings. We'll get to that in a second because I want to go there next. It's like the school board meetings. They run out the back door when you confront them. They're cowards. They are cowards. So they use these these little these soft little words in this terminology that they mix up and try and confuse you. That's what they do. They're masters of deceit. That's what they are. Now, President Xi emphasized, if necessary, reunification by force <laughs> is also an option that he doesn't rule out. See, reunification by force. You see that? So it's not an invasion. It's reunification. And if necessary, then it'll have to be reunification by force because it's the uh, it's the one China principle is what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. They've been threatening to nuke Japan. They've been threatening attacks on Taiwan. Uh-huh. They've been they literally um, threatened to nuke flying. Japan twice. They literally threatened yeah. Japan twice with nukes. Yeah. Um, they've been uh, doing uh, flights into uh, Taiwan airspace, um, probably to test uh, the, the Taiwanese defense systems. Uh, but they broke the deal yeah. with Hong Kong. Yeah, they broke the people deal with getting, Hong Kong. So people are getting disappeared to the mainland from Hong Kong. So, yeah, I mean, it could be reunification by force. You see, it's it's but it's reunification. Yeah, that's and then it follows along with the uh, the one China principle. Right. School board meetings. Let's let's finish off with the, with school board meetings here. The Associated Press is now saying that now they've they fact checked all this, uh, these claims and, and all these uh, threats against these um these school board members. They say that um, these angry parents that are going into these school board meetings and raising hell about masking children and vaccinating children and social distancing of children and segregating children. What was the other one? critical race theory teaching of children, which is stone cold Marxism, 110 percent. All of this that that parents have finally had enough of calling them domestic terrorists, not the people that are teaching it. Not the people that are imposing all of these Marxist ideologies onto your children, calling the parents domestic terrorists. The parents. Oh, and by the way, the Justice Department, who who is run by Attorney General Merrick Garland, is now going to look into those claims as well. Yeah, they're, they're going to look into those claims as well because they need to have emergency meetings on what to do with these domestic terrorists. And it just so happens, it just so happens, I'm sure this is just a coincidence, it just so happens that Attorney General Merrick Garland also has not only himself, but his family members have government contract deals to offer critical race theory to public schools. Huh. Hmm. Huh. I'm sure there's no conflict of interest there. I'm sure there's no, I'm, I'm sure there's no conflict of interest there at all. No. Now, see, when you have parents that are going to complain about this, now you're going to be having your door kicked in by the Gestapo from the very person who has contracts and deals with public schools to teach it to your children. You couldn't make this up if it was a bad Hollywood script. What do you do? I mean, well, first of all, this, this should have been like, he should have never been placed in that position. He never, Absolutely he should have not. never have been authorized by Congress, but apparently he still sailed right through. I, I, I don't know what to say to it. I mean, we're, we're at this point, we're in an oligarchy that's going Marxist and they're trying to go full blown socialist, fascistic. 
Uh-huh. The National School Boards Association is asking the Biden administration to label parents whom protest school policies domestic terrorists. That's what they're asking. The net. The National School Board Association. And while the letter from the National School Board Association didn't ask the government to classify parents as domestic, uh, see that they say that the Associated Press said that was false. That was false. That 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 didn't exist. <laughs> they sent a letter. Uh-huh. They sent a letter telling the Biden administration to classify parents interrupting the Marxist teachings of their children. They asked them to classify them as domestic terrorists, but that was false. Don't pay attention to that. Don't look at that, right? That, according to the Associated Press, they say that while the letter from the uh, the National School Board Association didn't ask the government to classify the parents as domestic terrorists, the letter claimed that the parents' alleged actions could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. Now, see, it's it's domestic terrorism and hate crimes. It could be the equivalent to it. They, they weren't saying that they were domestic terrorists. They were saying that they could be the equivalent of domestic terrorists. You see how they play these little word games? Tucker Carlson did a two-minute piece on the letter that was sent. Listen to this. Senator Josh Hawley is the man you saw in that video asking those questions. We're happy to have him join us tonight. Senator, thanks so much for coming on. So this, if you take three steps back, appears to be a Department of Justice that is primarily concerned with ideological crimes and not with actual crimes of violence. Well, you could you could imagine, Tucker, some things that FBI agents could be doing, like maybe going to the border where we have an unprecedented surge of crime, of illegal immigration, of drug smuggling. But no, instead, we're going to go after parents. I mean, can I just say, you know that you've lost the argument when you are sending FBI agents to try and silence voting taxpaying parents, trying to silence them. I mean, I can't think of an instance in American history when anything like this has happened before. It's another first for Joe Biden, and it's a bad one. Well, it is a bad one to take the federal police force and politicize it so thoroughly that there's no expectation of equal justice left in the country. We watch, I spent an hour today talking to General Mike Flynn, who was got his life destroyed by the DOJ because they didn't like his politics. Like, if that is allowed to continue, so what's left in the country, really? Well... Yeah, I mean, what we're seeing is, Tucker, any time that this administration doesn't like opposition, any time it doesn't like a political point of view, they try to silence it. And they're willing right. to use federal law enforcement power to do it. But to use it against parents, I mean, things are just getting really crazy when they're using it against parents of children who, what, they, they line up at a school board meeting, they want to express their concerns. They elect these people, by the way. The parents elect the school board, and right. now they can't even speak exactly. without being investigated. It's, it's insane. Well, that is such a good point. These are elected officials who, by definition, if you believe in democracy, which apparently nobody in Washington does, should be accountable to the people who elect them. I mean, right. You make a very smart. Thank you, Senator Hawley. Thank you for pushing back on this. I think it's important. Thank I appreciate you. it. I mean, at least somebody's pushing back on it. This is like Gestapo level nonsense. I mean, who? As far as which watchdog organization or what? Who's calling out this nonsense? Who's calling this out? And who's who? Who's really pushing? He should be removed and fired at this point yeah. for mm-hmm. for for sending in the FBI to do this kind of nonsense. And then on top of that, I expect the sheriffs of the local areas to kick the the feds out when they come in and do this kind of nonsense. Now, according to MSNBC, uh, they're saying that the parents that are pushing back are mentally ill white nationalists. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're mentally ill white nationalists. You hear this? Mm-hmm. You know, I so see a lot of these. Me, yeah, go ahead. Go on. Just so I understand. OK, just for clarity, 
the parents that are legitimately concerned about their kids' well-being, uh, their their moral structure being constructed the way it is, you know, with with critical race theory and whatnot. The the, the parents being concerned about them, the the kids' education, they're the mentally ill ones. But some dude in Sonic that's dressed up as a woman claims to be a woman, but is clearly a dude. His credit card says he's a dude. His ID says he's a dude, and it is saying it's discrimination when a Hispanic asks him, Dude, would you rather to be called sir or ma'am? I'm a man, so I'm I'm sir. Would, would you, would you, what, 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 what do you want? Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. <laughs> exactly that scenario, uh, literally. And they're complaining and saying this is discrimination because this dude who clearly has gender dysphoria He's the sane one. He's the one that is thinking clearly here. But these parents that are questioning the the education system, they're the ones that are the crazy ones. We're living in la-la land, man. Okay, now, if you don't believe that crazy headline, if you don't believe that, this is the conversation that took place on MSNBC. In a version of America where school board meetings have become the new culture war battlegrounds, with children caught in the crosshairs, sometimes literally and sometimes figuratively. Now, after the National School Boards Association had to ask the president for help investigating and stopping threats over policies like mask mandates. Uh Attorney General Merrick Garland is stepping in, marshalling the FBI in response to what he called a, quote, disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation and threats of violence. Garland directing federal authorities to hold strategy sessions in the next 30 days with law enforcement to confront the scourge. Joyce Vance, former U.S. attorney and now law professor at the University of Alabama and an MSNBC legal analyst is here. Lucky for us, Clint Watts is also back. Clint, I I gotta start with this. To me, this sort of rise in violence that we're seeing in schools, it's just a reflection of a rise in violence that we're seeing all over the country. We're seeing it in schools. We're seeing it in grocery stores. We're seeing it on airplanes. To me, is this real? Uh, okay, all right, hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, you're going to sit there and you're going to talk about the rise in violence. Show me one single incident where any of these school board meetings where the parents have stormed in there to confront the little Marxists on that school board. Show me one incident where those have actually gotten violent. Show me one. Show me one. There isn't one. While they're ignoring the cities being burned down and police being murdered in cold blood out in the streets by BLM and Antifa last year. Don't give me that garbage. Continue on really about people being upset about mask mandates, or are there sort of underlying disruptive forces, white nationalists, uh, uh-huh. anarchists, whatever in this country, that <laughs> Anarchist, are using yeah. mask mandates and a public health crisis to sort of wage, uh, wage chaos? Uh, Jason, a year ago, I, I think we started talking about mobilizations to polling places, and primarily we were worried polling about places. local polling oh. locations. And uh-huh. we did see sort of vigilante poll monitoring, you know, surface <laughs> after the election. We saw people show up hang, at, at hang, on, hang, 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 hang on a minute. We're talking about school boards here, you dumbass. We're not talking about the election. We're not talking about all this other stuff. By the way, um, clearly this guy right here, clearly this guy's batting for the Democrat side. I'm not playing. I'm not. I'm not playing sides here. Clearly, that's who he's batting for. Otherwise, he wouldn't be up there on the uh, uh, on the panel there. Was it or was it not the Democrat Party on Election Day that were doing everything they could to serve everything apart from pheasant under glass to the voters standing in line? Oh, what are they going to do for food and water? 
What? You're not supposed to feed them. <laughs> what? Where's all this? Like, it, it, it's a complete deflection. It's a complete deflection and a redirection. Election recounts, and that's only continued uh, for about 10 months now. And it really encapsulates every single issue. It is masks. It is vaccines. It's vaccine mandates. Uh, yeah, we don't it, want it. It is anything involving uh, the local level. And if I can say anything since January 6th, is oh, the, local level. the protest oh, and the mobilizations to violence have gone from national to local. It is, and uh-huh. I'm old yeah. enough to remember where the only thing you really had to worry about in an academic environment was a mass shooter, uh, which is bad <laughs> enough as it is. But speak a little bit to this idea of what does it mean that something that is generally boring and neutral, like a school boring board meeting, yeah. has become a locus for violence? How does that uh, end up trickling down to what is and is not taught and possibly trickling up to higher level educators like yourself? Uh, They're teaching Marxism. Well, the focus that this brings to education is something that we're not used to having. I think you're absolutely right about that, oh, Jason. Look at the state of this. And one has to wonder how this trickles out. Will school boards become far more careful, far more hesitant to do things that are brave and bold in terms brave of education and bold. initiatives? Yeah, Marxism's right brave and bold. Right now, we're talking about issues that in, involve school boards and how they're uh, competing in this new marketplace of ideas that exists yeah. after the Trump administration. <laughs> But that could have far-reaching implications. It certainly has spun out in some areas with bans on teaching critical race theory, which, of course, impacts the work that both you and I do and helps us understand how policy developed in the wake of American racism and what we can do to improve (laughs) policy in the future as school boards are challenged, for instance, over issues of whether critical race theory can be taught in our schools. That, too, becomes a flashpoint. And I would add to what Clint says, uh, the fact that we're living in the middle of a perfect storm, we have not only this eruption, this not so much an eruption, but a normalization of some of the white supremacist ideology that we've seen emerging and some of the conspiracy theories that we've seen emerging. Uh We also have a country that, to be honest, is not at its best mental health wise 18 months into a pandemic. And those issues are crashing together now. That's very much Uh what we're seeing. We're going to have to have some form of a national health restorative mission in this country to right-size things and get them back to normal. Yeah, see, this is all your fault. All right, Bruce, go ahead. I was was complaining through that whole damn thing. You go ahead. Mm -hmm. I have an idea. So to to her last statement there, how do we help the the, um, uh, mental state of the nation? Um, Maybe maybe we have these summer camps that we, we open up across the country that just helps people in their, you know, um, differences uh, of opinion on what is right uh, and and bring them into alignment with what is correct. Um, maybe maybe that will help there. I mean, literally, this is the level of nonsense that they're 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 pushing out here. It's like, hey, let's have internment camps. Like that's going to be the next step. They're going to do something like Australia that's building. They're setting the, they're the, setting the stage the, for the, it now. They're, they're setting yeah. the stage for it now. It's a rise of of uh, it's a perfect storm of of uh, white nationalism and uh, and conspiracy theorists and and rage at the local level. And it's it's gone from national to local. Dumbass, isn't it supposed to go the other way? All politics are local, you morons. This is not a top-down system we're supposed to be running in America. You idiots and people like you throughout the years have inverted it to what it's supposed to be. This is why we're in this mess. But they know that. They know that. They're not stupid. They know that. All of that was just gaslighting. All of that was just bullvine excrement. I I don't even know. Like, there was nothing in there that was... um, 
concrete evidence or or it was just them throwing out different accusations that oh see they're 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 being uh, aggressive and the worst i've seen has been I've seen an angry parent uh do a raging speech against them in front of them uh, you know with the three minutes that they're allowed to talk or one minute, 60 seconds or whatever. One of them that I, I, I've seen recently, they're only given 60 seconds to transmit their ideas and then they're booted out. I'm sorry. I'm going to stay here and talk as long as I want because you're one of the elected officials. You're here to listen to us. You don't get to kick us out like that. But there, there's a reason I don't have kids and I don't uh, partake in this madness. All right. Um, that's all that I had today. That's all I really wanted to cover. Uh, I really didn't have anything else. Did you have anything else fun? Uh, by the way, Facebook, uh, since they've been down, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why this is a thing, but uh, Pornhub has seen a 15 percent spike in user in user activity since Facebook has been down. Why is that? Well, uh, I don't know. Let's see. You're at work. There's nothing to do. You're bored. People um, work. I don't know. Really? Uh, people actually uh, people are working. They're, they're working from home, aren't they? So I you guess. Know, you, you so what, I mean, that's your job. You're hanging home. out on Facebook all day. Is that is that what you do? I mean, hell. I, I mean, mean, I know you don't. It, do it depends. That, on, well, yeah, it, it depends on what their job is, I guess. Uh, it, it just I, I don't know. Uh, it's supposedly uh, was it Monday? Was it Monday that it was down or was it Tuesday? What, whatever day it was that it was down. Mm. Uh, they said productivity was up 30% or something like that. I find that to be BS, personally. It makes sense, but at the same time, I have difficulty. When they're pushing a narrative, this is um, kind of a bit of a fallacy that I think I think the, the right have fallen into a bit. And this, I'm pointing to, to, to big names out there uh, as well. They're, they're guilty of this as well. Uh, there'll be an event that happens like Facebook goes down. Okay. Why did Facebook go down when you just literally the day before had a whistleblower saying, oh, we need to regulate Facebook more and all this, uh, the social medias. And then the next day after the, the, the outage, they're in front of the Senate. OK, first of all, you're not a whistleblower. Usually whistleblowers are, are uh, their identity is kept secret. But all that aside, it leaves question why Facebook went down. So why, when there's information that comes out that says um, productivity was up 30%, do you believe it? Because Facebook going down was planned. That fits yeah. with the whistleblower. That fits with them wanting to be more regulated and having the, the excuse to go after these different ideologies. Why, why would you glob on to the, well, it's 30% you know, productivity increase. That fits their narrative. Why do you glob on to that? So... Anyway, there was a few big names that that had had done that, and there was some other things that had popped up, and they were like, "Well, here's another stat that came out because of this," and and then went on a, a rant about that. And I'm like, "But you're missing the bigger point. It fits their narrative, so I don't even trust that data. If it if it fits their narrative, I question it." So yeah, this this whole Facebook regulate this is them pushing for internet regulations, and honestly. At this point, if you're not watching the news media and you're not looking to see how they're lying to you, where they're lying to you, what agenda the person's bringing forth, uh, you're watching the news media wrong at this point. Okay, I tell you what, we will go ahead and call this one done. So it has been a fantastic conversation. Next week, we are going to try and have one of our roundtables again. Uh, we're working on getting a couple people on for that. So we will see where that goes. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. If you're listening to us on Monday, have a great evening. We'll see you tomorrow.